folks, and welcome back to the Grave Consequences podcast. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at, at xmaserati. Follow the show at gc underscore cast. Check this show out, of course, every Thursday morning, 6.30 a.m. Part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Check me out every Wednesday night after AEW Dynamite on Eddie and Caleb Zerocast. That is a podcast where me and a friend Eddie review hero movies in chronological order that is a damn good time and we are we're past we just recorded the hulk and that was awful and we're actually about to record league of extraordinary gentlemen for what it's worth i like that movie yeah that's uh we're uh you know maybe um if you're interested if you have the time the inclination maybe we could have you on yeah, that, that's always the question is the time, because I do like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I wish you were... Did you already do Mortal Kombat? Do you consider you don't consider that a superhero movie, no, do you? Damn that's it. Not, yeah. That might be a bonus movie. <laughs> Dude, the, the new one's all right. Oh, I, I enjoyed it, yeah. I enjoyed it. I tell you, you mean, what, though. I went and I, I listened to the remix theme that they made, and it's just... Ah, it's Skrillex all over. And that's not the artist, obviously, but it, it's got a very, you know... Uh, is dubstep that is that the name of the genre uh on there's different versions of dubstep but i, and I don't remember much of the theme because i turned it off as soon as the movie was over yeah. uh but it probably is if i if if i'm remembering the song you're talking about correctly like dubstep is different in uk and then it transformed into what it is in america and then it got bad uh, yeah. like there's some good artists like uh bass nectar is, is probably mm-hmm. the best uh dubstep i've ever heard Mm. yeah either way that remix of the theme was just it was not good would you say how did you feel about the acting of the main character because that's that was the worst part of the movie i thought talking about uh cole i assume i think that's what his name was the uh the asian kid the mma asian kid yes um not impressed he he just all his lines were just kind of like man like this guy is like terrible it was like a like a uh, voice actor for an anime in the 90s like that kind of bad <laughs> that might be a little harsh but you know you're entitled to your opinion for sure uh i loved kano though and uh, he had one of the best uh, one-liners in that movie kano was great cabal was killing me because he was just he looked so sinister but he was talking so much shit on everybody the whole mm-hmm. he I, he he was kato was good and then cabal was better <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know she's older and I know she's supposedly retired from acting, but I really wish they would have brought in Veronica Vaughn even to do like a one off. Who is uh, was she? Who is she? She was Sonya Blade in the original. Oh, OK. The Sonya yeah. Blade they had was perfect in this one. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was fun. She was fun. Nothing to complain about. But no, I enjoyed the movie. But like you said, the uh, the main character. I left a lot to be desired. Yeah, because I, I, I haven't played the most recent one, but there was a guy, there was like a new generation of Mortal Kombat. There was Sonya Blades uh, and Johnny Cage's daughter, uh, Jax's daughter, and then two Asian guys. One is the son of the katan- the blind Katana guy, and I forget who the other one is. And one of those 
and I think the other guy might have been the son of Scorpion. I don't remember. So I was kind of t- I was getting kind of confused, and I could have been way off because I was like, who is it? I was like, is this guy like a new original character? Because uh, I don't rem- or is he supposed to be the guy, the son in the newer iteration of Mortal Kombat's where there's you know Liu Kang from? There's different timelines now. They're getting mixed up. Like there's Liu Kang, and then there's evil Liu Kang that's was that tried to betray Raiden at the end of Mortal Kombat 10. But I'm getting off track, but he's this this guy called Cole and he's like an MMA fighter and the MMA fighting was pretty cool. Like they, they made it work with the fights, but then he starts fighting somebody and I keep wondering, I was like, Oh crap, is this guy going to, did they introduce him just to kill him? Like they do some, maybe if I paid more attention to the latest video games, I might've, I might've been like, Oh, it's just, it's a new original character. But, uh, the, the character, main character Cole was just throwing me all over the place, man. While I was watching. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the, I don't know, there's a, with a lot of movies, they seem to have this want to like, especially in an origin story, make their, um, their main character, their lead baby to be like a little helpless, you know, and they're, they're trying to make them like as helpless as possible at times, it seems like. And that's kind of the, kind of the vibe I get from Cole Young. And I was not impressed in that regard. He was helpless. He was. He didn't know what was going on. Like he was so confused by everything. Things and were happening to, the the movie was happening to him. That's a bad way to have a character progress, in my opinion, a passive uh, protagonist. But he also the way he reacted to some people, it seemed like they had to like edit to cut time because he would just <laughs> Kano would say something that was, you know, not horrible. Yeah, not really that bad. And he'd be like, you're a psychopath. And it's like he didn't really say anything psychotic, actually. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like he Kino was a psychopath, but uh, it was a psychopath and a sarcastic asshole. But yeah, not in particular instances that you were referring to. Yeah. Cole would respond in certain ways to characters in ways that would have made sense in other parts of the movie. <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Like he's he's never like on time with how he's reacting to people, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's, I agree. That's the dialogue. I don't think it's really the actor's fault. Again, like, yeah, if uh, if Kano and we'll we'll put a spoiler tag in the in the description of the episode at this rate, even though you know the movie will be like two weeks old by the time this comes out. But anyway, Kano, if, if Kano had told uh, Cole Young, uh, "Hey, you know, get down on your knees and start licking my sack," okay, yeah, I would understand some of his reaction. But no, he he reserved that for Liu Kang and for Kung Lao. So, yeah. Best line of the movie, by the way. There is is quite a few good lines. I I was laughing at a lot of the Cabal stuff that he said. Yeah. Um, it's good. I I, I like the way they did the powers with them because they explained how they could do fireballs. They actually made that like a main theme of the movie, which kind of worked. Like, yeah. oh, like Akina was like, oh, he saw Liu Kang. He's like, am I going to get fire powers or lightning powers because of Raiden? They explained right. if you're if you're a champion chosen, you get powers, which is an interesting way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. I would agree. Um, so with that, we will intro us into the review of ep- season one, episode 36 of Lucha Underground. The title of this episode, very apropos, beginning of the end. Greg, did you write down an alternate title or are we going to come up with one as the episode progresses? I didn't write anything down. I have a I have a title for the next one, but for this one, it would have to be organic. because I, I didn't really have anything for this episode. Don't wanna- and we don't need to force anything, but 
Okay, the show starts off with El Jefe Dario Cueto in his office uh, with the remaining four Aztec medallions that have not yet been claimed. As a refresher, the three, the first three Aztec medallions were won by Phoenix, Jack Evans, and if I am not mistaken, I do believe Aerostar. I think you're, yeah, you're right. Aerostar is a holder. Yes, so we have four remaining. Anyway, Dario Cueto is in his office with the remaining four, and uh, he says, like, hey, Pentagon, are you sure you don't want to compete for one? Pentagon says no. Cueto says, you know, well, with your, the the violence and the, the master class you put on display here in the temple, maybe I'll just give you one. Pentagon just says, no, the only thing I want is to make my greatest sacrifice. I want to sacrifice Ian Hodgkinson. And uh, Dario Cueto asks when he can meet the, mice, the, the, the master. Pardon me, I was getting my, my languages mixed up. And Pentagon says he'll reveal himself to everyone when I, I being Pentagon, am ready. And to me, that just makes things even more interesting. You know, we know obviously where this is going. We're watching in retrospect, but they really did. They did a pretty good job of building up the master. They made him seem pretty ominous. He's practically a Sith Lord, if yes. we're being honest, because you don't see him on screen. I just hear him talking. And let me ask you this. Is this a new mask for Penta? Because it was a pretty awesome mask. I don't remember I, him wearing I it before. Feel- I think so. I could be wrong, but I do think so. It's a pretty. It, I, I remember when he came on the screen. I was like, "Wow, that's a, that's an amazing looking mask." Yes, I agree. So playing us in tonight is Mexican Dubweiser, led by, as Matt Strecker refers to the singer M Bison. That's an awesome name. Yeah, and we have because uh, that's a character what from Street Fighter. Yep, he's the last boss from Street Fighter too. Remember the okay. guy that would do a psycho crusher on you? Mm. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Vampiro <laughs> referred to Matt Stryker as handsome Matt Stryker. And, you know, I'm a straight guy, but Vampiro is not wrong in this one. Matt Stryker is pretty handsome. Yeah, I think he'd fall under the category of nothing's wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he was literally on a like dating uh, show on Fox last year. Oh, was he really? Yeah, it was one like, oh, it was like a the theme was like dating to raise a family. And it's like this this woman's trying to find not only her next or her first, I guess, assume husband, but also the father of her child. So she already had like, a child. I don't know. I oh. think I think she's like you know, pardon me. Um, she's trying to find the other half, her other half, you know, her husband, the father to their child pardon me i misspoke but i know matt striker was one of the contestants on that i think it probably got one season and got canceled as do most shows on fox but you know that's life uh (laughs) and with that i guess we can go into the first match of the night if i am not mistaken you are correct yes this was for an aztec medallion i do believe um no yes yes it was it was it was yeah i swear okay. dude i swear maybe i'm looking at the wrong notes i i'm looking at the people in the match and i'm like there's no way but i'll let you continue oh wait hold on uh let me see here because we've got because i got bengala versus davari mm-hmm. yes yeah 
That was for a... Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, no, okay. So I'm trying to remember in my head without getting into spoiler territory. Because we had this, we had the next match. Definitely was for one. So what's the next match? Let's... No, yeah, yeah. We, this was for an Aztec medallion. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just don't remember. And I don't. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, uh, if I can uh, break the KFAB for a second, it has been days since I've watched this episode. Well, I think yeah, it's been days because we were supposed to originally record, but I had to cancel on Caleb because I got stuck. Yeah. In a f- I worked 50 hours this week with, uh, you know, 10 extra hours overtime mm-hmm. after hours on yeah. phone calls all day. I get it, man. I had three hours of overtime this uh, past week as well. Uh, not nearly as many as you, obviously, but, you know. But I didn't write a lot of notes down here. I think the only thing I wrote down was the the the, the cat puns. Uh-huh, and the golden shower chant was still there. I didn't hear the golden shower chant, but I heard them. I heard uh, someone said he catapulted him when someone did a monkey flip. And then they said Bengala really earned his stripes. Yeah. Then I stopped. I, I had to pay attention to the match at some point. Yeah. Um, but, hey, good news. Davari didn't win this match, okay? No, it was it, Matt Strucker even alluded to. This whole match was about uh, a Lucha Libre wrestler versus a just cheater like Davari. Uh, and I, I like the way Davari brawls and, and fights and cheats and stuff like that. It's, it's like something you would see in like Suzuki Goon, I guess, or like any kind of brawling group. Uh, but good. Uh, technical and good and uh, I like Bengala so I actually enjoyed this match I bet you did pal I bet you did but yeah no Beng- Bengala gets the win and the Aztec medallion so now we've got four but he got it with a move I didn't expect him to get either yeah yeah absolutely but after this match was over Vampiro leaves the booth and goes into the ring as we go into a commercial break now when we get back Vampiro is talking, and uh, he's like, oh, no, my, my time is... And Vampiro, Vampiro sounds like he kind of puts on an accent that isn't natural to him, you know, being that he's Canadian. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm going to say this carefully. Um, his accent sounds appropriated. Well, I don't even know if he's really Mexican. I mean, he's like, he was born in Canada. Yeah, you could let's let's find out. Ian, yeah. let's Vampiro because I I don't know actually because it's I'm pretty sure his accent is fake, just in general. It, it's gotta be man. But like I said, he's Canadian. He was born in Canada. Let's see. He was born in Thunder Bay, Ontario. You know what? Wikipedia still says he was a bodyguard for Millie Vanilli. So. Maybe this isn't the best. Also, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, he's one of those where he um, edits his own stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure his accent is. I don't know if how much time he spent in in south of the border or even even in California. So I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure his accent is like like uh, Hogan. Like if Terry, whatever his last name, does did he he probably talks like Hulk Hogan all the time. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's got to live the dream. So I don't even know if I... I wouldn't even hold that against Vampiro. Yeah, If there's things to hold against him, that's probably... 
last not night, one of them necessarily but you no, know vampiro yeah you're good okay all right <laughs> but the thing about vampiro is you know he's got to tell us that you know this is storyline this is kayfabe because the crowd's chanting one more match and he's like no i'm done my days are done uh, you know it's not about me i have no ego um okay bullshit <laughs> but as the crowd's chanting no or one more match matt striker is like shaking his head no like he doesn't want to see it happen so like you know a friend concerned for another friend you know you know the scene from anchorman where uh he takes uh christina applegate to a restaurant and they're like, Hey, Mr. Burgundy, why don't you play your flute? He's like, Oh no, I couldn't. They're like, come on. He's yeah. like, okay. And he happens to have the flute on him. That's basically what Vampiro is right here. He's like, no, I can't guys. Come on. Oh, no way. Yeah. Pentagon, oh, you. Uh, and like, okay. Either like I was lied to about the no music in the temple thing, or they changed it at over time. Or both the crowd reaction and the music music pop in was fake because the second Pentagon's music hit, the crowd fucking erupted. Well, they could have had another sound indicator for when wrestlers were coming out. It could have just been that lucha, or they could have just used the music occasionally. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they they. I'm sure they probably might have been able to pump some music through the speakers. It just wasn't a usual. Yeah. You know, because they got speakers. What song they pumped in was uh, actually "Butterfly" by Crazy Town. I'm confident it was. <laughs> oh man, bunch of a bunch of people in uh, Los Angeles love uh, Crazy Town now, uh, and Maryland people in Maryland too. We love our Crazy Town because of uh, Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! As Pentagon comes out, we get a dueling chant of Cerro Miedo and Vampiro. Anyway. Oh my god. Pentagon asked for Vampiro and Vampiro's like, no, my name is Ian Hodgkinson. And the the way that Pentagon says what he says next, he says, Tu nombre es que? (laughs) Just full, just mocking him. Just fucking mocking him. (laughs) Pentagon can talk on the mic. He's a good talker. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And Vampiro has to let down Pentagon pretty easily when he says Ian Hodgkinson is not the guy you're going to face at Ultima Lucha. Because the guy who is going to kick your ass, his name is Vampiro. And the Juggalo straps have come down. Vampiro grabs Pentagon by the throat. Pentagon doesn't try to fight him off for some reason. And eats a Uranagi accompanied by a music uh, sound... uh, pardon me, uh, by a music drop, and the sound effect was just comical when he hit the when Pentagon hit the uh, hit the ring, pardon me. I didn't notice it. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, Vampiro was pumped up, and <laughs> looks like we've got our match at Ultima Lucha. Vampiro and Pentagon Jr., I mean, I'm sure the name Vampiro meant a lot to some people. I just haven't not watched WCW and the fact that Vampiro didn't really do much of anything after WCW. Yeah. I 
I wasn't one of those people. So it's one of those things where it's, I don't know, man. I don't think Vampiro is that big of a name for it to like have mattered to me. Yeah, I, I get you. I completely understand. But did you notice like Pentagon kind of stood there in the uh, choke? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Old position for quite a while. Uh, it was terrible because uh, yeah. he he does that stupid choke. It's like I get it. Uh, Vampiro's pretty big, and I've seen like his move listing from like when he was in WC, like you know, top ten moves of Vampiro, top forty. Yeah, you know, and, and that was one of his moves, but and he is big. Yeah, but I I I'm try I can't think of any defense for why by they they were trying to make him get him over before the match. But I feel like people that were already excited for him would have still been excited for him if he got his ass kicked by Panda. Yeah. And that would have... Panda's one of those guys, especially in Lucha Underground, he's basically the AJ Styles of Lucha Underground. Even though he should be treated way better and win more often, mm-hmm. he's often selling and getting eating pins for people that don't deserve to get pins over him. Yeah. Like you said, sort of like the AJ Styles to TNA or the Brian Danielson to Ring of Honor, that sort of thing. <laughs> Maybe you could say uh, Daniel Bryan of WWE. <laughs> hey, oh, <this> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the kind of thing. And it's one of those things where you just gotta you just gotta just keep going. Don't yeah. dwell on it because it's they they did it for a reason. I don't agree with the reason, but it, it's whatever. Yeah. So. Next up, we got another Aztec medallion match. That's going to be the theme of the episode. You know, usually if you watch the uh, the preamble, the recap from the previous weeks before, uh, they will kind of tell you what the theme of the episode is going to be. And the, the theme of this episode was definitely Aztec medallions. Because this next match, like I said, also for a medallion, King Cuerno versus Killshot. And let me ask, what did you think of this match, Greg? I love the match, but before we get into the match... You're, we did skip a sexy star vignette. Oh, we did, didn't we? What What did she do? Well, first of all, do you remember how clean her bathroom was compared to the men's bathroom in the rest of Lucha Underground? She's in a different locker room. It's yes. way cleaner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's still not very clean, but it's not yellow walls. It's like white <laughs> walls and, and stuff. But she, it was just her taking out Superfly's mask and, and, and you know, wondering oh, what yeah. happened. Yeah. This is a storyline. I I completely I could have sworn that she was in a better feud come uh, Ultima Lucha, but I guess she was relegated to Superfly. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see as as things go on. But you know, like I like I was asking, what did you think of Cuerno versus Killshot? This was an amazing match because they were both using that Predator style, mm-hmm. that Hunter style wrestling, where it's like all quick snappy drop kicks. Even uh, one one part. Uh, Killshot did this thing where she, he jumps up and does like a half single drop kick, but it's like a it's like a snap kick to uh, to Cuerno's head. It's 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 so crisp sounding. It's one of those leg slap moves. So if you hate that, you, you're gonna hate it. But I loved it. it. It just looks like he's taking someone's head off when he does it because it comes off like a gunshot. 
Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And you know, like you said, this was predator versus predator, and as such, the back and forth in this was very intense. It was all offense. Anytime someone got something, it was uh, like if you're if you're trained in a martial art with knives. Uh, the the one thing people will tell you that know what they're talking about is there's n- offense and defense are kind of the same thing in reality, and sometimes your your offense your defense is your offense because you're getting in you're striking and you're getting out, and that's how these guys fight. They don't fight to like roll and chain wrestle, right? They go mm-hmm. in to do like a quick snap kick or pump kick or a quick flip or a quick takedown or a quick dive like that's the kind of fighting style these guys use and it's not about flippy shit or theatrics it's no i'm hitting you with a flying missile drop kick or i'm hitting you with a shotgun drop kick you know what i mean so for me i really like this style of wrestling and and this is and since it's two hunters it's almost like kind of like going back to heel versus heel two guys using very offensive styles of, of wrestling and doing it in a way that works so that it's not just you know, chaos. And it's all about, in this case, this storyline, the apex predator. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And as such, the apex predator, as expected in this instance, was King Cuerno. He like killed Killshot with that submission that he locked on him that I can't even describe right now. Yeah, I, I used to know what it is, but it's the thing where you... You know, you, you kind of Daniel Bryan does it where you're on your back and you're pushing them up yep. with your feet and arms, but instead you drop them down and you grab them from behind the neck and yeah. you choke them or chin lock them. It's a great move. And it, it, he got caught. And even though Killshot lost, and he's, I think he's had two losses now, mm-hmm. he still looks strong because of his style. His style is a style that I'm going to kill you. So, yeah, he might yeah. be losing, but he can get you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, we've got five of these seven Aztec medallions um, confirmed so far. Again, Phoenix, Jack Evans, Aerostar, Bengala, and now King Cuerno. Still got one more to give out tonight, and we're going to give that out right now. Our next match, the rubber match of the feud, Superfly versus Sexy Star. Let me ask, has Superfly always had that half of face paint on? Yes. Okay, all right. I thought it was going crazy. Um, Stryker said in commentary that this was Fly's chance at redemption, but it's like he won their last match, dude. I didn't. Yeah, this this storyline is kind of weak. Well, you. I mean, we know how weak it is because of how this match uh, is handled. Yeah, it's... yeah. This legitimately, like a minute long. Sexy Star slaps on an armbar, and Superfly taps out, and folks. That's the end of the feud. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's very weird. Uh, this mm-hmm. is something that Sexy Star's storyline in season one. It's right now at this point, it's disjointed because you just had her beat Pentagon, and she struggled for. She lost the Superfly, but now she stop. Now she squashes them basically. Yeah, it doesn't right? make sense. So she's she her story her 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 arc is a little rocky here at the end. I'd say. I, would, I would agree. I would definitely agree. But she is uh, she's celebrating holding up the the medallion when Marty the Moth Martinez comes out to the ring. And he's just looking as skeezy as ever. Um, doing a damn good job at it, too. 
Marty comes out and he says, sexy, sexy, sexy. Can I call you sexy? And he says, hey, doll, why don't you do me a favor? Let me see that medallion. And she's not really having it. So Marty grabs the medallion by force and he says, just as I thought, it's a moth. And Marty then says, you know what? That medallion honors my bloodline. I want you to give me a match right now. Or are you afraid of the big, bad moth? And Marty the Moth gets a chance to win the Aztec medallion. This is, by the way, his second shot at a medallion. There's not much to say here, man. (laughs) With this one, I could take this time to go through what the medallions are because I showed you on uh, messages with I googled it and I found out each one was. But oh, by the way, by the way, sexy um, wins with a roll up in a couple of minutes. Yeah, it's another squash. I mean, they're really making her strong. Uh-huh. Uh, they build her up to have this huge feud of Superfly, but she's so good that not only she can she make him tap, she can quickly roll up in the, a fresh contender right afterwards. Absolutely. So they basically buried Superfly after semi building him up, after ripping off his mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Superfly showed a lot of good faith in coming to the temple, and it was not rewarded. <laughs> not, I mean, that I'm, not that I'm like, oh my god, push him, but still. Yeah, I'm hoping that maybe he already got unmasked in Mexico, and this really was just kind of like, you know, didn't mean anything for him. Like yeah. it didn't hurt him, maybe. But it's, I don't know. There's no, there's, they didn't really do much. I'm not going to say much about it. Uh, Marty gets yeah. way better, uh, but he was right. The number three I medallion. Loved, I loved Marty in this segment, dude. He's good. He's good. I'm not. I'm not downing him. Just what they're doing with him. Fair enough. Compared to what he does later, like second oh, season. Absolutely. He's, yeah, he's he's amazing. He's one of my favorites. Uh, but there's seven. We have they shown all seven medallions. I don't believe so. Now. Should I go through what they are now, or wait till? Oh, feel free. That's fine. Well, the first medallion, I Googled it, and I found out what they each one looks like. And they do represent the tribes that we've been introduced in. A lot of them have representatives in this show. Uh, number one looks like a bull or a, like a skull of a bull like you'd find in a desert. Yeah. Uh, there's some uh, some people think it might be the Quirno tribe, the Quirno tribe, because it's hunter-based. Yeah. Second one is the rabbit. It's for the rabbit tribe, which mm-hmm. do What's show up. Yeah, they show up later in season three, I believe, right? I think so, yeah. They're great. Number three, Marty was right, was the Moth tribe. So is Marty telling the truth about being a, having Aztec blood, and is he really from the Moth tribe? We don't know yet. Mm. Yeah, we don't. Number four is the, uh, it looks like a snake, and there's it's the reptile tribe. Oof. Yeah, that represents reptile from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, he's going to be showing up. Absolutely. Uh, number five is a, it looks like a bird head or like a phoenix or, or Quetzalcoatl. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people are saying it's probably the dragon tribe. It's not, it's never really clarified, but it would make sense because there is a dragon Azteca. Mm-hmm. Right. Number yeah. six looks like a guy wearing a cat mask, like a tiger over his head. So like it looks a, like it's the, I was going to say a puma. 
Yes, it looks like the Puma head. So we believe this is the Puma tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless there's a Jaguar tribe or a Panther tribe. Um, and number seven is the most interesting to me because and I wish they, they probably should have showed this on the show because it really does world build a little bit. Because yeah. I, I just listed off a bunch of them and now I, th- I can hear you connecting the dots in your head to wrestlers already on the show and ones coming up. The number seven, it looks like a Day of the Dead person. Mm. Like, and and we know who Death is on this show. Yes, yeah. So these Aztec tribes do represent people that are in the show, and these tribes are very much a real thing in the lore of the show. And oh. I think they should have given this a little bit more life and a little bit more exposition, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of, I know MLW is trying to resurrect an aspect of Lucha Underground. I hear MLW is actually going to Vice now. So maybe Gavin McInnes will show up on Fusion or something. Is he on Vice? I th- uh, no, he left. I th- no, that, that was a joke. He, I believe he founded Vice, but he's been long gone. Yeah, he's gotten a lot of trouble for uh, the Proud Boys and everything, so I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. He's probably dead. <laughs> He could be. Proud Boys got so bad, he actually left. He but, had to. Yeah. yeah they were going to arrest him and them. Yeah. Next up, last segment of the night, we have a face-off between Prince Puma and Mil Muertes. This coming just three weeks before their match at Ultima Lucha. Dario Cueto introduces the segment. A, a huge El Jefe chant, by the way. Because he's giving the people what they want. Absolutely. Ooh, pardon me. Puma, Prince Puma comes out alone. No Muertes comes out alone. Dario Cueto says he can cut the tension with a machete. Um, th- these guys, he can tell they're about to start fighting. And it doesn't help when Katrina comes out. Because, again, the seconds are gone. But Katrina comes out. And Dario is, like, apoplectic. Once, once Katrina comes, he's like, no, 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 this is just this, this is just between these two. You don't need to be out here. And at first, I was like, well, Dario's so freaking, like, such a, so squirrely, so, so ratty that it's like, did he orchestrate this? But then I remembered, like, no, Katrina doesn't respect him. So she's probably doing this on her own. You might be right that he knows, because he keeps saying, like, no, this is just a face-off. There's no actual fight. As a as a promoter, you know that if you don't have any, you know, bodyguards and cops up there, you know, people to separate a fighters, mm-hmm. you, maybe he knows they're gonna fight. Yeah, you know, yeah. he he didn't probably plan this with her, but he probably goes, you know, what I want more. If if we're looking at Cannon and what what's probably kayfabe, he's as a promoter, he's probably like, yeah, I'm gonna get them to fight so people come to my next show. So fair enough, fair enough, but. So Prince Puma kind of knows the score and he, he, <laughs> he realizes like, Oh no, I need to initiate because at this point, like it does no good to be on the defensive. So Prince Puma initiates, but right. It's four on one. Cause the, the, the disciples of death are also out there. Conan hobbles to the ring. And, for some reason he manages to like kind of fend off the disciples of death with his cane well that's because puma's a bitch and conan's the the hero but even though established that throughout the show 
yeah, but even though there's three of them, Conan... it's got that cane. That's why. That's why fucking uh, Chavo was so scared of that that cane, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it's like Captain America's shield. Yeah. Fair enough. Eventually, Mil Muertes kills Conan with the cane. <laughs> Katrina, Conan with the rock. Prince Puma is down, and Mil Muertes grabs him and forces. Prince Puma to watch as Conan is rolled into a casket, and then Prince Puma eats a fierce flatliner. Conan's dead. Mm-hmm. They yeah. killed a man. They did. R.I.P. to Conan. Nineteen sixty-seven to too soon. Um, <laughs> I'm just—I was ballparking on his age. I don't know exactly how old he is, but um, yeah, no, that's. That's the that's the episode. And with that, let's let's give her a grade. I'm going to give it a C. And that's I think I'm being generous because, as I said before, they the pacing's very weird in these final episodes. Uh, They could have spent a lot less time dicking around with Superfly and and Sexy Star Mm -hmm. and whatever the fuck they're doing with Rick. And they could have just done exposition on the world building, because I think that stuff about the Aztec seals is and the tribes is very interesting because we're only going to get more uh we're only going to get more fantastical elements in this show yeah. uh, and i and you know i'm gonna say it like i don't care about chavo i don't care about davari i don't care about rick i don't care about superfly i don't care about bloom jamo and jr and it's their fault they haven't shown his class like they could have showed clips of his best matches and explained why he's so why he's a legend they couldn't do any of that i just have to yeah. take their word for it and you want to show, you don't want to tell. So I, overall, this is it was there was parts I liked, so I'm going to give it a C. But yeah, they're all over the place. I agree. I agree. I think that C is fine. I thought the action, technically very sound, but just not a lot to you know f- for me to sink my teeth into on this episode. The face off was very good in my opinion. The stuff with Marty the Moth again, I also enjoyed, but. That's not strong enough to carry it up to C plus territory or above. So matching C's this week. Gregory. Yes. I'm glad you're still here, pal. Yeah, I mean I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right. And um man, what a day. What a day. We are going to get you out of here, but we do want to run through the rest of the shows on this lineup here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Those shows include 8-Bit Suplex. That covers impact wrestling and video games as well. If you want something for AEW, I implore you to listen to All Things Elite, hosted by Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Summerwitz. Oh, by the way, 8-Bit is hosted by Josh McLaughlin, heel Josh number two, and Shooter Santos, Sandy Gaviria. Grave Consequences, of course, drops every Thursday morning. It's the best show here, the best show anywhere. If you want to listen to DJ Cooks talk about the great match generator, random generator of great matches, reviews, great stuff. If you want to hear people discuss independent wrestling, I implore you to listen to Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Chris Thangs and James Vanderbeek. That is right. We are talking about John Moxon himself. Mm-hmm. And the guy from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, 
If you want New Japan Pro Wrestling-based programming, I implore you also to listen to Keeping It Strong Style that is hosted by Jeremy Donovan and Hill Josh Number 1, the young boy, Josh Smith. Of course, we wouldn't be here without one particular show, One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. They were the original show here on the network. And last, definitely not least, my, my uh, good friends from uh, Scotland, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. They talk WWE, they talk AEW, they talk anything under the sun. That is that lineup here on this lovely network. We thank you for listening. God bless you. And you know what? Sometimes when you hear cat puns, you think, man, am I suffering? Grave consequences? MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.